0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Mangum Talks podcast. It's whiskey on the weekends. This is Lee. I'm joined today by PJ. PJ, say hello. How's it going? Also, my buddy, my pal, best man at my wedding, Levi Baxter. Levi, how you doing today?
1: Fantastic.
0: And the infamous Spencer has called in, my partner in crime on the GOT Got Questions podcast. Spencer, say hey to the people.
2: Hey, everybody. Okay.
0: Another. Episode of Whiskey on Weekends, guys. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback about this podcast. I really enjoy it. Happy to be here with you all today. I am sorry to report that Spencer is not at the melting pot.
2: Spencer is indeed not at the melting pot. Spencer right now is struggling to open a bottle of Old Forester, though. So I'm at least halfway there.
0: And we failed in two different ways with this podcast today. The first is that Spencer is not at the melting pot like he promised the people.
2: Uh, there's probably Spencer going had, to be a revolt. Spencer um, had one of a valid excuse based on scheduling dates. Spencer uh, had a vague
3: but, excuse. We could have rescheduled for a different day. Um, and also, Spencer disappointed the people at the melting pot itself because he already had a reservation that he decided to cancel last minute because he didn't believe that an email directly from the melting pot was some valid form of communication.
2: It, is it so wrong that I thought it had been in some way forged by you? I think it's a certain level of respect that I have for you that I think you would go to that level to actually fake an open
3: table reservation for me.
2: Isn't it much it easier to just like make an of open table It the
3: actually doing it is way funnier. <laughs> uh,
2: well, go, going back to my valid excuse, the fact that the uh, Melting Pot event was scheduled for my girlfriend's birthday would have just made this, podca- this podcast a whole new extra level of special if I was at Melting Pot alone recording a podcast rather than eating dinner or or lunch or whatever else with her.
3: I mean, we could have made it, too, and just convinced her to sit silently.
1: Yeah, but would have been better if she was there with you and just sat there by herself (laughs) silently. (laughs) Um, Like, that seems far worse. Uh, Actually,
3: we could have gotten you adjacent tables that you just, like, not sitting next to each other, you know, not at the same table, and uh, (laughs) you each sort of do your own thing.
2: Yeah, it's one of the things where I think the rage, just the level of radiating rage probably could have been picked up by the mic. So better off that I avoided that particular scenario and that she's just taking a nap before we end up going to dinner.
3: I think that's how you keep the chocolate melted.
2: Moving on. Well,
3: here's here's the deal. I think
0: Spencer, the, the real travesty here is that you probably took up a, uh, a one seater at the melting pot at 5 PM that a lot of other people were clamoring to, uh, to use.
2: I canceled 24 hours in advance. I think, there's, <laughs> I think they have found a way to fill that particular spot. Also, you offered to fill in for me given the, given the events I've described, and you don't, do not seem to be at the melting pot right now.
0: i thought about it. I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: on, on the upside, Spencer, you can reframe this. Is that there is a person there who didn't have a reservation and now is exceedingly happy. Some, some lonely soul at, at a one-seater. At the melting pot in Florida, of all places, is genuinely happy because of you.
3: For, for <laughs> some reason, you seem to believe that a place that has three melting pots within about five, ten miles of each other is so booked that that one top that that we booked was was desperately sought after, and somebody snatched it right up as soon as Spencer bailed.
0: I'm sure they did.
3: Um, I believe. All right, so they,
0: that's. Go ahead, Leva. I
1: was going to say the, the joke you made there about how. Making a reservation on open table is probably infinitely easier than uh, than forging a email from open OpenTable. Um, didn't get enough love, and people should appreciate for what it is. Fantastic. Thank
4: you. Thank
2: Japan you. Open
1: platform, very little <laughs> barriers. Trivially.
2: True. How much hacking really required for that particular level of fakery?
0: Yeah, that, that's a that was a weird take, Spencer. All right, that's the first way we failed. The second way we failed is if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that we like to drink basically from the same bottle. So we're all in different locations. Uh, Bee Gees on the left coast, Spencer's in uh, Purgatory or Florida, uh, and Levi and I are in uh, North Carolina, but in different houses. And what we do is one person will get a bottle or two bottles, and we'll split it up, and we'll get the <laughs> the, the, the whiskey to people somehow, and then we'll all try the same whiskey. So this was Levi's week. Uh, Levi, did you send us some whiskey? I did not. Oh, okay. So, Wow. This podcast is going to be a bit different today. We're not drinking from the same bottle. We are, however, um, drinking uh, one of two whiskeys. Uh, the, the marching orders were go get a decent bottle of whiskey that you can review, that you can enjoy. And then, pursuant to our conversation, in episode two of Whiskey on the Weekends, we're trying Fireball. You ready, fellas?
3: Super hot. I, I don't think being ready is, is what's necessary. I think having a good chaser is what's necessary. <laughs> I'm holding up my Diet Coke right now. I have a uh, flavor yuzu-flavored iced tea that I'm going to try and uh, wash out the flavor with.
1: Is that some sort of weird uh, Asian market concoction you purchased there, BJ?
3: No, it it, it actually isn't. It is from Sprouts. Um, it is... Uh, Organic green tea.
1: So it's like gentrified Asian market.
3: I mean, it's definitely not an Asian market, but it is more of a – it's a knockoff uh, Whole Foods.
0: All right, so adding to the disorganization of this episode, not all of us have Fireball. Spencer, you do not have Fireball. Is that correct?
2: I do not have Fireball. I have one of the other things you told me to get. Okay. So when yeah. I told him. I was eight.
3: afraid of the uh, campfire burn of Fireball. So. No. The, oh, the, oh, the, Jesus.
2: Though the, the clerk at the uh, ABC store apparently approved of the uh, bourbon choice that you sent me, but had never heard the uh, where I was going to go drink it before. It's like, oh, that's good bourbon. You going to go share it with some friends? Yeah. We're going to go, going to go drink on a podcast. Apparently, she'd never heard that one before as a reason to go drinking. So hopefully I broadened her horizons a little, bit, a little bit with that.
0: That's interesting. What? So I had an interesting uh, experience at the ABC store because I went and I got I got the same bottle you did, Spencer. Me and you are both drinking Old Forrester Statesman, which we'll talk a little bit more about soon. But I also did get Fireball. And the person checking me out, like, looked at both bottles and were like, are these both for you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Two ends of the spectrum, I suppose. <laughs>
3: He seems uh, to have yep. better taste than Fireball. What are you doing with your life? Um, yeah. But also, actually, you, you know, you commented that Spencer's in purgatory, which I find kind of funny that he is in Florida, which we all revile to different degrees. But I am in the only state that is currently, like, half on fire. True. Valid point. Uh,
2: you get much of the way of the smoke uh, in your area? Uh,
3: it's a little bit more of a PD. Uh, smell, Uh, but no, actually I'm a little bit far south from, from most of the fires. There was like a little one like a day or two ago, but nothing nothing that the uh, fire department can't handle, at least around here.
0: Yeah, that shit's scary, man.
3: Yeah,
2: rapidly to become the worst fire in California history with no real clear signs of abating. Welcome to the new future, yeah, I suppose.
3: Yeah. They said that a couple months ago, too, which is kind of disturbing.
0: Yeah. I don't know man that that sounds like really bad. I mean, the number of
1: missing people are getting getting ridiculous
3: Yeah, it it's almost uh, third world country numbers, which is kind of crazy.
1: I mean it's the pop up I got earlier was a thousand people, which yeah now we're, now we're getting crazy numbers
4: mhm all
0: right let's let's not talk about this anymore this is, this is it's, it's, thoughts and prayers obviously, but I'm uh right. let's let's move on. We are going to commence the day drinking. Um, As I mentioned earlier, I have Old Forester Statesman. Um, Spencer also has this bottle. I recommended it to him. It's an overproofed Kentucky uh, bourbon whiskey, Um, and it was actually uh, distilled and marketed based on the movie Kingsman, which I don't know if anybody has seen that movie. I have not. Uh, I just read that on Wikipedia. But it's supposed to be a very, very good whiskey. So me and Spencer are going to try
3: it out. Uh, it is a movie I've seen. It's sort of a James Bond-esque movie, I would say. It's a little bit more on the tongue-in-cheek side, which uh, some of the books from James Bond might be a little bit more along that direction. Um, but, you know, if you have some time to kill her on a plane and can't go anywhere, it's worth checking out. Yep. Based, on the oh, name, I'm,
2: based on the name, I'm assuming it's based on the sequel, which, which was not as good, but uh, hopefully makes it for a good bourbon for us today
0: well spencer have you poured
3: your old forester in a glass
2: i'm in the act of still struggling to get the label to get the uh, plastic wrapper off but yeah so.
3: oh my god Jesus spencer struggling with everything
2: i am but i'm getting there oh, okay there we go
3: it smells good so are we uh starting with the better bourbon first or better whiskey
0: yeah i think we should because i think once you have fireball you're not going to taste anything for like two hours
2: that seems to make sense. Uh, why was that the game plan for us, by the way?
0: To call back to the last episode, Spencer. Remember, you said to Levi specifically, if you send me Fireball, I will drink Fireball. And I said, why does he have to send you Fireball? Fireball's everywhere.
2: I do remember this now. I'm glad you did, did not end up sending me Fireball.
3: So I'm departing from the other two. I have uh, an 18-year-old Lechig that actually my... Uh, girlfriend brought back from uh a trip to Scotland and so that's a uh let's see, it's a Spanish sherry wood finish and it's a nice little uh peated unchill filtered and it's also I guess technically overproofed at uh forty six percent. That
0: sounds delicious. What's the price point on that, do you know? Uh
3: no I don't, but I think it's somewhere around a hundred.
0: Yeah. The Old Foresters, uh, it was like 60 for me, Spencer. Is that what you paid for
1: it? Pretty much the same price, yeah. yeah.
0: All right, Levi, what do you have? And once you explain that, then we'll go in rounds.
1: Uh, I have uh, a, a a bourbon from um, Buffalo Trace, Eagle Rare. It's it's not one of the bougier
3: ones, but I'm going with that.
0: I approve. I do really like Eagle Rare.
3: Eagle Rare is very nice. They're... Uh, Eagle Rare 17 was one of my higher choices on the uh, slightly, you know, the next step up. Um, but Eagle Rare is a very nice, sweet uh, entry that Buffalo Trace has. I feel like pretty much everything that Buffalo Trace does is at least pretty good.
0: Agreed. Spencer, are you ready to try Old Forster?
3: Yeah, sure. Are we the first round?
0: Me and you'll go first, and then BJ, then Levi. Let's
4: do this. Salud.
3: Clearing out the uh, nasal passages.
0: Yeah. And I taste the overproof. Spencer, what do you think?
3: I can definitely taste the overproof, but
2: I quite like it. It it, it hit me in the back of the throat a little bit when I started, but uh, it's going smoother now.
0: I'm having the same experience. Uh, first, uh, I didn't like the front end, but it does finish well. No, it's good.
2: Hmm. It's good. That is, a, that, is a, that is a great sip of bourbon. Yeah, it is, it, it's a, the first sip was rough, but it is flowing well now. Wow.
0: <laughs> Down in it, Spencer. I like how it. How
2: many bottles did I get again? All right. Just one. One of my
0: favorite things about this podcast is how, Spencer, like every week we do this, like you just down the whiskey. Like you
2: <laughs>
3: aren't we yeah. drinking? Isn't that why we're here? <laughs> we're I mean, back. there's day drinking and there's day drinking. Well, uh, I mean, apparently I mean, that, I mean it's, it's not, not like you have plans. Apparently
2: that It's so not so like, like day you, drinking. you
3: have, uh... your day drinking? Yeah, fair enough. It's not like you you have plans later on, so I wouldn't worry about it. You know, it's just uh, and you have sure. a whole bottle to yourself. It's not like you have a uh, hundred uh, mils, as sort of we uh, usually do. So, so just, do just go to town on that.
2: I just going out to dinner with my girlfriend and her family. I don't need to be perfectly sober for that. I'd be, be, be more fun of am not.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, totally. Could, uh, That's my plan. Crash a Vespa or something.
2: <laughs> I don't believe the plan is me driving from here on out.
3: Yeah. And, and, oh, uh, I think Levi might've been there for that, that callback. But, uh, when we first met Spencer's, uh, not quite extended family. They were just coming off of a Vespa crash or two, which was why they didn't have all of the vehicles that they normally have, something like that, and and led to Levi experiencing Spencer's uh, driving difficulties with his little Honda Civic.
1: Indeed, indeed. Although I like the idea, Spencer, it's a very power move of you to go out and celebrating uh, your girlfriend's birthday and you being hammered on in you know, out. I can't drive. Maybe you're gonna have one and a half drinks, that, that's that's max. Um I agreed. There are rules. Right, there are
3: rules. You could also just call an Uber, like why not?
1: Uber uh, Uber's the answers, right? Um, but Spencer, do you have Uber? Uh, or some app? Yeah, I've got Lyft on my phone. Do you use it? Oh.
2: Uh, frequently as a result of going to the Game of Thrones uh, convention over in Nashville, I got quite used to using Lyft.
0: Yep, we so, use Lyft.
2: So once a year, you use Lyft. Is that what? Uh, I'm us four, four times a year. Okay.
4: That's
3: impressive. <clears throat> yeah, Lyft stepping Ly-
0: up in the Ly- world. Lyft is a sponsor of the podcast, by the way. Thank you, Lyft.
3: <laughs> and the checks are being
1: divvied out to us, right?
2: Hey,
1: everyone. out. Uh, yeah. If we uh, wanted to be,
2: if we do want to debate that, I do find Lyft uh, spirit to Uber in most things. Agreed. Um,
1: well, Uber could be a sponsor, so we should probably hold hold that back. Um, no,
4: I'm already condemned.
1: One of the the sort of weird things. So Terry, we were discussing it a little bit yesterday when we went to go see UNC people play basketball. But you live in the middle of nowhere, basically. Yep. the country. Your lack of a ability to be in the modern sort of app economy of there's no food delivery, you don't have Grubhub Postmates, overeats, no Uber, no Lyft. I guess theoretically you could do it, but it's, it's not realistic, right? No. Um, really harming your ability to, to sort of be a degenerate out there in the middle of nowhere, or at least travel while doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just have to be a degenerate at home. I tried to call a Lyft one time, and the person who was closest to me was like 15 miles away and rejected it. <laughs>
2: One of my favorite stories from you about what the uh, levels of entertainment there are out uh, in the boonies are when that uh, giant 13-year-old showed up at your door to hunt turkeys in your backyard. Yeah, let me tell that story. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell the story. Oh, yeah, tell it.
0: So it was like a Sunday afternoon, and me, me and Sarah were sitting around. Um, we just cooked dinner. We hadn't eaten it yet. And uh, we get a knock on the door, which is very rare. I mean, this is I don't live in a place where people just kind of swing by. And there was this bear of a human with a baby face, like staring at me in the face, and he had like full camo gear and he had like a crossbow. And so I went to the door, and I'm like, uh, hello. And he goes, hello, sir. I've been tracking a turkey and he just went across your property. Can I go back there and shoot him? And I'm like, <laughs> sure. And he goes, well, let me show you my license. I'm only 13, so I had to get a like a juvenile license or something, some out. I don't know what the hell it was. I looked I at this thing like I knew what it was. I was like, okay, that checks out. Anyway, go ahead. Go get him. <laughs> and he, he leaves, and like an hour and a half later, he knocks on my door, and he's like, hello, sir. Thank you for letting me do that. And I was like, yeah, did you get him? He said, sure didn't.
3: Got one good shot in, though,
0: and I've never seen him since.
3: <laughs> you should definitely call him up for Thanksgiving. I mean, <laughs> Like, dude, just try again. Like, I got plenty of turkeys. Like, let, let's do this again.
0: We do have a lot of wild turkeys around here, but I will tell you, I don't know if you guys have seen many wild turkeys, but they are stringy little things. Like, I don't think you get a heck of a lot of meat
2: out of these things.
3: I mean, if it's just you and Sarah, then, like, eh, it's better than a Cornish hen, right?
2: Him, Sarah, and the 13-year-old, or 14-year-old now, probably.
3: Hello, you know, sir. he does his, his own turkey. Like, that, that's not a... You don't. You don't invite some random dude that shot a turkey for you and for Thanksgiving. Or I guess it's North Carolina, so maybe you do.
0: He's not a random dude, BJ. We shared a moment.
3: He's he's he he's a neighbor. Me. Probably Do you know his name? No. He didn't me.
2: License for later verification.
0: <laughs> it's funny that he gives me this printout. Like like I wasn't going to tell him. Like it was dependent upon me seeing this printout. But he could go in my backyard and try to shoot a turkey. Uh,
3: he also had, was the only one with a weapon, so it's not like you were gonna like prevent him from shooting the turkey in your backyard.
1: Well, well that's so, not
0: that's he, not the vibe I got from him. He was very oh, much differential.
1: Also, he had a crossbow. Come on, bro. Like, even if Terry had a shotgun locked up in a cabinet, you can go he can go get that while the guy's reloading his crossbow after he misses the first shot. Uh, <laughs> A really inefficient way of killing someone um so you I'm, guys
0: have taken this to a dark place this was a this was a wholesome wholesome hulking thirteen year old who was just trying to shoot himself a turkey
1: um the first reaction I had to that was you just sort of being befuddled by the whole license process. Wasn't your dad a game warden
4: yeah,
0: yeah,'d
1: be so ashamed of you <laughs>
0: uh I, I don't i if you asked him, I don't think he would know what the hell that was.
1: Although to be fair, I don't imagine any experience with hunting really gets you reps in the juvenile license department. Um, like, oh, and,
0: but, but Levi, you're from my part of the my neck of the woods. Not many crossbow hunters.
1: No, nope, not at all. Uh, Northeastern North, North Carolina. Hunters, occasionally, here or there. Um, the the sort of more aggressive sort, uh, but crossbows. That's that's odd juxtaposition there.
0: A little too expensive. It's a lot of a lot of twenty gauge shotguns in that area. Oh yeah. All right, BJ. Not many launchers. No. BJ, have you tried your whiskey?
3: Uh, yeah, I've been uh, sipping on it fairly regularly. Um, what do you but think? Yeah, it's, uh, I really quite like it. Um, I don't think this would be a favorite of the rest of the crowd since it's a peated uh, or a fairly heavily peated whiskey. Um, but it is really nice. Um, it has a, a nice forward peat and then a, a very smooth after um the the barrel aging does definitely smooth it out which is super nice um and you can taste a little bit of the sherry on the back which um thoroughly appreciated but it's definitely not as sweet as i might expect given that uh it is sherry finished um i usually expect a little bit more of the the sweetness on that back end but um i will very, very happily drink quite a bit more of this and i'm giving more and more skeptical eyes to this fireball bullshit that that we've picked up. So.
0: We, got, we got to try the fireball. BJ, you were really good at reviewing whiskey.
3: Thank you. Just shout um, out to you. Uh, it, so I spent a lot of my time in the middle of bumblefuck nowhere in Illinois, basically. Um, so I, I did my PhD in Champaign, Illinois, as, as pretty much everybody on the podcast knows, but our listeners may or may not. And so Champaign, Illinois is about two and a half hours south of Chicago. And so it's basically a college town that has a craft factory in it for God only knows what reason. And that's about all that there is for at least two hours in, in any direction other than corn and soybeans. And so the major pastime that everybody has basically is drinking. And is, it's probably one of the best whiskey places that, that I've been that isn't known for it in some other way. Like Kentucky is is heavy into whiskey and, and things like that. But otherwise, they get so much whiskey there, it's crazy. So there was this one uh, restaurant slash bar that every Wednesday would have a Whiskey Wednesday. And so what that meant is that one of their whiskey lists was half off. So either their bourbon list, their scotch list, their Irish list, um, and so everything was was half off on that one list for that one Wednesday, and they also brought in a special bottle or two. And so almost every Wednesday, I would go out with at least you know one or two friends, and we'd sample some different whiskeys, and usually some specific bottles that they got in essentially for that week, for all the people that were super into whiskey to try, and they uh, had a little passport for you to take notes, and and so, you know, we'd taste whiskeys and take notes on the whiskeys, and um, every so often they'd have uh, basically import importers come and, like, give their a couple of cool things that they got and give a little class, so I spent a lot of time drinking and, and uh, writing notes about whiskey because there's nothing else to do, I guess, other than get my Ph.D., so.
0: Well, you yeah, are so. good at it. <clears throat> you are quite good at it, PJ. My my review is usually like, hmm, that was good, or hmm, I didn't like that one.
1: The one reaction I had to that story, and, and, I, and I do recall you going to that place and loving that place, is the fact that they have multiple menus of whiskeys, right? Um, respect for that place.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, yeah agree My favorite thing about it is that they'll get in a bottle or two of something unique and once it's gone, it's gone. And so some so as it got more popular, they'd get two or three bottles in, but they're usually harder to get something super special and it was off menu. so you basically had to find out about it at some point and then ask for it. And what was even funnier was the uh, waitresses, and some waiters, but mostly waitresses were just random college students. And so because I was there for six years after a couple of years, like we knew that there was something off menu and we'd get like a new waitress that was just starting out and it's like, oh, so, you know, what are the, the special bottles this week? And and she'd be like, what are you talking about? It's, it's bourbon week. And it's like, yeah, like it's bourbon week. We get that. But what specific bourbons do you have in this week? She's like, I I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well, why don't you go to your manager and find out, and Damn. then come back and tell us, and and we'll go from there. And they always just had this like deer in the headlights look, and you know tried to be as polite as possible about it, but but it was a very awkward like, hey, like you should know your menu when you're when you're serving stuff.
1: Uh, as someone who has witnessed you dealing with waitstaff in bougie situations. <laughs> Uh, I can only imagine it didn't go over well. It was awkward as hell. Um, I distinctly recall us going up to Atlantic City um, and getting comp tickets to a wine tasting event, um, a home and garden wine tasting event.
4: <laughs> I remember this.
1: And BJ just being, I can only describe it as being BJ uh, with people <laughs> serving wine. of like, what are the notes? Um, as backstory, we showed up late. Let's say the event was from like 5 to 7. We showed up at 6.30, underdressed, and 20 to 30 years too young uh, for the for the average crowd. Uh, and BJ's asking these various uh, waiters and waitresses, what are the notes on this wine? Can you tell me about the wine? <laughs>
0: these I think, poor kids that are getting paid like 10 bucks an hour to pour <laughs> well, wine. Absolutely. And BJ's like, oh, this is the Cab Sauv. Is, this, uh, is this from Napa? Did you import uh, the
1: grapes? I distinctly remember an a exchange where he's like, so can, can you tell me something about it? And, and their reaction was like, about what? The wine. What do you want to know? It's a whatever. And then BJ, I got, some point BJ got the picture of this is not a highbrow thing. This is uh, uh, a bunch of middle-aged folks who want to get drunk uh, and pretend they enjoy wine. And so we're well, not giving like a, a detailed description of things.
0: Well, Levi, to be. Fair. This is a wine tasting in Atlantic City on the boardwalk. I mean, no, it's not a bougie event.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. But you it, 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 had that expectation, and and it didn't go so well. Um, although we had we had some happy wines, as I recall.
3: I, I was going to say, like you say, it's not a bougie event, but it was a pretty solid event. I mean, like they had pretty good food. the The larger wine tasting that they had, that that we went to, had like fifty or sixty different wineries. So Admittedly, yes, it's it's Atlantic City, so it's not quite up to the par of, of Vegas. But this wasn't just some like, you know, we have some Boone's Farm and uh, some chips. Hmm. Okay. Uh
1: But I, I think the sophistication of the palate of the folks there um, was probably in line with me personally, um, as opposed to you, who uh, who has a, a a rather sophisticated palate.
3: Fair enough. I also remember that was the. Uh, The weekend that we also got, like, eight-ounce pours of of, uh, Johnny Walker gold. Yeah. And green label, too. We had green label. We
1: had green and gold. Um, We got uh, – is it your aunt or cousin? Cousin. But Uh, she's old
3: enough to be my aunt.
1: Um, She was – I I assume she still is a professional um, gambler of, of sorts. Uh, so she had the star status there and got us up to their little bougie room, uh, where we got basically free pours of of delicious bourbon.
0: Yeah, let's back up Actually, to good radio. So this was a trip that BJ um, he invited us on, and I think that as Levi points out, his cousin was a professional gambler. She had, she had all kind of comps in this hotel, and we show up mid twenties, perpetually underdressed. And we were able to go to, like the, like, the really exclusive, like, comp club where all the food's free, all the drinks are free. And we would just show up there every day at, like, 3, 4 o'clock and just pound Johnny Walker <laughs> <And> <laughs> and Gamble The best part $50 was
3: away. she was apologizing because the, you know, her status and, and the club itself was had been declining because, you know, if we had gone six months before that, it would have been Johnny Walker Blue, but they didn't do that anymore because of, you know, the number of people and whatever. And so it's just like, no, no, no. Like, we're perfectly okay with getting shit-faced on Johnny Walker Gold and and, and Green. But, you know, it, yeah, it would be, I guess, awesome if, if there was Johnny Walker Blue. But we're very happy right now. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, that was a blast.
1: We were, we were in our young 20s. We are, I mean, we're not we're not complaining about that. Uh, if it was, uh, you know, Jack, <laughs> fantastic, whatever, free yeah, Free. Uh, it was fine. And the <laughs> food
0: was free, too, which was great. And the food oh, was
1: uh, pretty darn good.
0: What do you think of Eagle Rare?
1: It's delicious. Um, I mean, it, it definitely has a sort of sweeter uh, uh, taste to it. Spencer, I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, when I actually do send stuff off, um, I'll go ahead and send it out to everyone. and um, know BJ has had it and Terry has brought You've probably had it as well. Um, but I think since you would really enjoy it, appreciate the tip. Um, although I think our, our next event is going to be live before a wedding of one of our, our mutual friends. So I may
3: just bring a bottle there. Yeah. so We'll have to see uh, how much we can be- pre game that with that wedding. That'll be a, an interesting time. Uh, one of our, our uh, friends from the Mangum Times. Um, then, which gives rise to the podcast channel Mangum Talks, is getting married on December eighth, and so it sounds like we're all going to be in town for for that wedding. And mm-hmm. we've discussed getting getting together the that Saturday a little bit before the wedding and uh, drinking a bunch of whiskey. That honestly is fairly common for us. Um, I think one or two weddings we didn't drink fairly heavily, you know, within the 24 hours beforehand. But I'm quite looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. You guys want to do that at my place?
3: Sounds good to me.
1: Yes, sir. Sweet. Okay. Um, the, the
3: one other Johnny Walker memory that I have is um, Spencer demolishing a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. The it wasn't the entire bottle, it was sort of the last uh maybe eighth or sixteenth of it and just drinking drinking it straight from the bottle from during uh another wedding that that we had. Which was it? What, what was I, this? It was Joey's wedding. Wow. I have I have that picture. I'm I'm thinking of printing up canvases for, for everyone.
2: <laughs> I do vaguely remember this. Uh Joey's wedding was a whole was an interesting experience for a variety of ways.
1: What was the scenario, Terry, when we got um, – I think it was – I got a Johnny Walker uh, sampler, um, and it had Johnny Walker, what, green, blue, and black. Uh, mm-hmm. I distinctly remember Josh trying some of the Johnny Walker blue, uh, one of our other buddies here, and uh, his reaction was, oh, it's pretty good, and and you just being floored by it. like, a, Yeah, oh, that so was – of uh, course um it's going to be very smooth and it's very expensive. Um, it won't be, you know, sort of high-end interesting uh, to, to the BJs of the world, but it's going to be very good.
0: Yeah, that was at a bachelor party uh, in Asheville. Um, and you, you booked us a cabin, and we didn't do much else but sit around and play cards and drink, which was phenomenal. But, yeah, that, that was that. And you're right, Josh. <laughs> Josh is an interesting cat because I feel like – you could give him like a McDonald's cheeseburger and he'd be like that's pretty good and then you could give him like A5 wagyu steak and he'd be like yeah I'll take it like he doesn't there's not a discerning palate there like he's the anti BJ
3: Well so that reminds me of like the game that we used to play which honestly you know is was not the nicest thing but we fantastic. have this game was which was things that Josh likes and so we would take this he sort of likes very specific but weird things that sometimes are very common and then draw on things that he actually likes that we know, sort of blow that up to a more global view and then get hyper specific with it. Okay. So we have
0: to do a rapid fire stuff Josh likes, right?
1: Uh, We do. Uh, Yeah, obviously. So Uh, (laughs) as a sort of entree to the audience, um, I mean, what, the, the genesis of the bit is is you take a a sort of stereotype of what he what he would like, make it super broad and sort of generalized, and then make it specific to certain things. So for example, Josh likes blooming onions. Um, he likes sort of generic mass media food, so of course he'd like blooming onions. Uh I'll
3: go next. Josh
0: likes go, go, ahead, okay, go ahead. Okay, I'll go um, Josh likes uh, Big
3: Bang Theory. Ooh.
1: Both true and funny.
3: Josh likes ham and cheese hot pockets more than any of the other ones. <laughs> that was good, BJ. <laughs> Spencer.
2: Uh, Josh likes the video game PUBG because he likes the most, whatever the most popular competitive video game is at any given time.
3: That's a good one. Uh, I would one-up that. Uh, Josh's switching over his League of Legends uh, advice website to PUBG because because that's where his real interest lies.
2: Or Josh is already moving to Fortnite because PUBG is not quite popular enough.
0: I
3: got one. Josh likes Spider-Ball. No. I already smelled that, and it it, it pains me
1: in reality Josh likes Malibu rum so you're not far <laughs> off of this, uh, Fireball sure.
3: <laughs> TV.
1: world
2: he does
0: like Malibu that's true he does.
3: Josh feels okay. that he has a sophisticated palate because he likes NW root beer like but from the tap
0: right like the real stuff
3: yeah exactly you know none of that canned bullshit
0: Okay, that was a, a
3: fun, impromptu
0: version of – you know what? I, I, here's the thing. I have this mental image of Josh being like, yeah, I'll listen to the guys, and like him being like, what the hell? Why are they taking shots at me?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Those assholes, why, why, why did they even come up? I'm not on." <laughs> I
0: had nothing to do with this. Why are they just spending like 15 minutes shitting on me?
1: <laughs> and In deference to Josh, he was a great target of this. He sort of took it on the chin like you should. Uh some mm-hmm. of us we we'd catch feelings when when we sort of did, did things stuff stuff Terry likes stuff Levi likes right um we'd all say but Josh would just shrug it off and say eh, whatever um
0: yeah so he was yeah, a great sport about it very good sport agreed okay do you guys to want, want to get you guys want to get into uh a little bit of an agenda
2: uh, we're 40 yep. minutes Let's in seems like a good time to start <laughs>
0: I know, Spencer, you're on a – I know you're not going to be able to stay with us that long, so let's move into it. Um, BJ, you had a few questions for us, uh, I think, that you set up in the uh, meeting invite. Uh,
3: yeah, I, I had some random crap in there mostly because I I figured I'd try and help out a little bit on the planning. Uh, but I know that my throwing out questions and stuff like that is, is nowhere near as good as your uh, – random arguments, Lee, but um, I I figured Nope. uh, um, the the one question that that I'd ask everybody and and honestly like it might be very boring is uh, how did you all end up at UNC because that's essentially where where everybody uh, on these podcasts uh, have met and and why we're all friends. Um, But since you're all North Carolina Natives, it might be a little bit boring, but. Um, I actually don't know this about anybody else. So
0: no, I think that's good, BJ. And I think that we should, me, you, and Spencer should go, and Levi should round it out because I know Levi's story and it's really good. Um, so Spencer, why don't you fire away? BJ will go. I'll go, and then Levi, you can you can uh, finish it up.
2: Well, as the podcast and you guys certainly have picked up, uh, I'm a bit of a quiet, unsociable, not Sweetheart. very comfortable flying outside the nest kind of person. And so going away to college was an interesting experience for me in terms of it was the first time I'd ever, you know, even pondered going far away from home. So I mostly went. <laughs>
4: and- BJ, <laughs> I- mute I- your
2: microphone. Mute no, your no, microphone. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. But let's, let's get honest reactions here. Is, is that any surprise, BJ? Come on. You know, you've known me for a, quite a few years now.
3: <laughs> Spencer, it is honest to God, not any surprise, but. I don't know if the listeners knew that you grew up in Charlotte, and so yeah. you're going far away from family is, what, about two hours, three hours? Uh, a, a solid two a solid two with a little bit of change on the side, yeah, um, okay. but
2: I exclusively went to look at schools in North Carolina, so I went to uh, Wake Forest, which is my dad's alma mater, I went to Duke, uh, I went to UNC Chapel and mm. I, went, I went to a variety of schools, and um UNC honestly gave me the best feel when I was there. I mean, there were a lot of great places that I toured, but UNC just had a feeling of openness and welcomingness that it appealed to me. Of where I wasn't sure what, what kind of degree I wanted, I wasn't sure what kind of experience I wanted out of college, and I wasn't really sure of what me was at that point. But UNC seemed like a good place to find it. So after I went there, I turned to my parents and just went, "Well, this seems to be the place that I want to find that I want to go." And there was there really was no debate after that. So I applied, and it was a series of fascinating and different experiences thereafter, which I treasure to this day.
0: And continue.
2: Very much so. <laughs>
3: continue. Uh, that that that's that's uh, that's beautiful, Spencer. I, I I also really and maybe we'll get into this in another episode a little bit more. But like, how did your first year with Doug, like, start working out. Because, like, to, to say that you are the diametric opposite of each other, like, the only different, the only thing that you guys have in common is, you're like, you're maybe close to the same height.
0: And okay, so you
3: have a Hispanic cool. mother.
0: Okay, so let's back up. Let's back up a little bit. Uh, so, Spencer roomed with a friend of ours, Doug. And Doug is a force of personality. He is um, probably when he's on one of the most extroverted and funny and alpha males have ever been around. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you, if you guys have listened to Whiskey on the Weekends, you know that that is really not Spencer. Spencer's a sweetheart. Oh, uh, he's the best. Uh, I love him, but he's not that. And so you had this like sort of um, dichotomy yeah. of, you know, Doug's yeah, you have personality.
3: You have, like and an can... extroverted alpha male and, essentially, you know, the the male personification of an old cat lady. And they were roommates for four years in the dorm.
2: And I can summarize it perfectly with the very first conversation that we ever had of where Doug and I got switched to be roommates at the very last minute, where I was set to be roommates with a senior that very much was annoyed that he had to room with a freshman, which was not looking great. And then about two weeks before I went up to school, uh, I'd been switched to Doug. Um, Who called me out of the blue To say, hey, I'm your roommate Uh, One of the first questions that he asked was Oh man, it's so great, we're going to be roommates Uh, What kind of sports are you into? Because Doug was on the football team Uh, He was, I believe, the kicker on the team And I Not fully recognizing Just how off the two of us Were going to be, responded Oh yeah, I'm on the school's ultimate frisbee team Oh boy And that really (laughs) set the trend from just the get-go of where there was a silence for about 20 seconds on the line of where Doug responded, okay, so that's a thing.
0: Doug has told me, and I don't know how true this is, and we we should get him on the pod at some point, but he has told me that basically when he met you first, Spencer, he was like, he liked you immediately, and he was like, I'm going to make this guy uncomfortable in a good way for four years.
2: Uh, well, he's kept that going to this date, so he's passed a decade now.
3: <laughs> it's, it's been a, a little bit over a decade now, but, uh, you know, it's still fun.
2: He still finds ways. He still just calls me out of the blue and delights in making me uncomfortable, but still having fun the entire way.
0: Yeah, shout out, Doug. Love, Doug. BJ, why did you go to UNC?
3: Um, so I actually was a transfer student to UNC. Um, I went to Rutgers for two years. And I was basically done with uh, New Jersey and where I was, and I was looking to transfer. And so I applied a good handful of places. Um, And when I got into UNC and looked at all the things there and visited, I was just like, this is where I want to go. This was, you know, the campus is beautiful. The mm-hmm. academics are, are top notch. Um mm-hmm. and just everything about it was was calling to me and, and it was weird because I had never spent time in the South and you know, knew so little about it. And I guess, you know, Chapel Hill isn't in many ways really the South, but um mm-hmm. but yeah, just sort of everything about it was uh to sort of fit in with what I was looking for. And so, um, so yeah, I came down and it was, it was a great experience. I'm so glad that that I transferred and that I transferred to UNC. Um, and even, uh, so the first year that I was there, I actually didn't, didn't know anybody, um, from, from the Mangum talks podcast or, or any from one from Mangum, but still it was a great experience and just, Everything about it was so different from everything that I'd grown up with and experienced to that point, uh, because most of my life was uh Atlantic northeast and just so very different. I mean I know Lee you lived in D C for uh for a while and so
4: mm-hmm.
3: you might have the best understanding of how different North Carolina is from that sort of mid Atlantic region because I grew up in Baltimore, you know, stone's throw from, from DC, and it was just wow. um, exactly what I wanted. It, something I actually don't know the answer to. How did you get paired with Levi? That was random. Luck of the draw. Just fake. Yeah. Um, Manga was completely luck of the draw. I mean, I just knew that I wanted to stay on North Campus and. Um, One of the reasons that I stayed in the dorms is basically everybody that I knew, um, and this is a constant source of amusement to pretty much everybody I know in my fraternity, which is the chemistry fraternity, um, was either already, like, living with a couple of other people, had, like, a long-term girlfriend or something like that. Um, The girl that I was dating at the time, I was not ready to move into an apartment with her. and so it's just like, all right, well, I'll continue living on campus. I'm fine with that. And so I got priority because I was a senior at the time, um, to to live on North Campus and I just randomly got paired with Levi, who I had honestly met well, technically met previously. And when uh when I saw that Levi was my roommate, my mom was like, Huh, that's a really interesting name. Um Levi, huh? I wonder where that comes from. Um, and then I walked in the first day and I was like, oh, holy shit. It's the the crazy uh, redneck terrorist from my philosophy class. This is fucking awesome. I'm a little scared, though. Damn. A lot, a lot to
0: unpack
4: there.
2: You, you guys were such a great addition to our dorm of where you guys, from my perspective, came in my sophomore year. And having you across the hall just made my second year just the best year I had at UNC. It was such a a nice transition to have you two added to the dorm.
3: I was so happy to have, like, somewhat a much more normal roommate. I feel like somewhat is is, uh, casting way too much shade on Levi. A much more normal roommate than my first year at UNC. I had – somebody went to Science and Math, um, which is – yeah exactly um i feel like uh lee and levi and maybe even spencer might have a little bit more of a better explanation from what uh science and math is in terms of a high school but but that was it's my first roommate and then i got levi as a roommate and then like a couple weeks into the semester i hear the iconic halo music coming from across the, the hall And I literally just walked over and I saw I see Spencer sitting on uh, the air conditioner because apparently he always likes being on it and and as cold as possible and playing Halo. I was like, oh, hey, Spencer. Or, well, I didn't know. It was like, oh, hey, how's it going? I see you like Halo. He's like, "Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, cool. We should play sometime. It's like, yeah. You want to grab a controller? And... uh, That basically determined what our entire year was.
0: And the rest was history. Very much so. Yeah, so the School of Science and Math North Carolina has a uh, a public high school called the North Carolina School of Science and Math. I think uh, you go there, I think as a sophomore in high school, they kind of recruit you uh, if you're a standout student when you're a freshman. Um, Weirdly enough, they recruited me. I went there. I sussed out that it was a nerd orgy. Um, it's just a bunch of nerds, just, you know,
3: a lot of sex. I'm just saying saying, that's what it was. Some of them, not all of them. My roommate was not part of that. (laughs) Uh, yeah, he was just like the super nerdy, super introverted, super weird. Um, he stayed up till like between two and five in the morning most days and, Uh, played music for most of the time, and we had a number of conversations of just, like, dude, like, you can't fucking play music at four in the morning because you're awake and want to write a term paper, and you like your speakers, just, like, put in headphones or or something, and I was very glad to not have him as a roommate ever again.
0: Yuck. Yeah, it sounds awful. Okay, I'll go next. Um, I went to UNC... Uh, because uh, my family couldn't afford for me to go to a private school, so I had to go to a public school. I wasn't smart enough to get a scholarship to a private school. Uh, And so in North Carolina, if you have to go to a public school, I mean, UNC is obviously the best. So I applied, I got in, and there you go. I mean, it it was kind of a no-brainer for me. It's like, well, I can't go to, like, Duke, not that I'd want to, or Wake Forest or whatever to go to a public school. So I applied to, I think I applied to UNC, I might have applied to NC State, I know I applied to East Carolina, but when I got to UNC it was like, well that's obviously the best public school in North Carolina, so that's where I go. Uh, pretty pretty simple, uh, and I was always a UNC fan, obviously, shout out Michael Jordan, so it just, it made sense. Kind of a boring story, but, but that's, that's why I went there.
2: Is it still true that because of Michael Jordan, the most successful degree upon graduation remains geology?
0: I don't think so. No.
2: It was
1: true at one time. I I don't even know if it was true at one time. I mean and maybe for a couple of years, right? But that's a weird stat. Agreed. If you have a hundred hundred graduates with a degree in a given year, you're gonna even his his in insane yearly salary it dwarfed out on averages.
0: Yeah, Levi and I were on par with this one. I was always dubious of that claim. But, I mean, yeah, Michael Jordan, he did graduate in uh, geography. I think
2: it was uh, geology. Geology? Are you sure? No, it was geography, I thought. We can Google this. One second. Only
0: there was a handheld mobile device.
3: Uh, I was going to say, and so the other funny thing about UNC that that I seem to remember was all of the stadiums served Coca-Cola, but everywhere else was Pepsi, and it was because the sports teams oh, right, had. Right. <laughs> ha! Point for me. Point for 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 Lee. Uh, the sports teams had separate contracts from the school from for pretty much everything, and and negotiated it separately. So like Keenan Stadium or something like that, you could get a Coke, but at the uh, uh, dining halls, you could only get Pepsi and Pepsi products. Anyway, Levi, uh, 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 your your story has been hyped up, and I'm very curious now. Uh, I don't,
1: there's a lot of, of buildup here. Um, it, it certainly has more color. Um, it's not as endearing as Spencer's uh, or well thought out as yours, but it, it's not dissimilar from Terry's. Um, so uh, I – so. Th- like many students, I started thinking about college in on my junior year. I uh, went to a couple of like college fairs where they had people there, and I actually at the time wanted to go to Western Carolina University uh, because the that. the uh, the lady or the young girl who was recruiting there was very cute and and, and flirty, and I was like, oh, seems like a good time. Uh, my mom uh, she did she, she would drop hints of like, do you have independent reasons other than that girl who? Re-? very friendly recruiter Um, but so I I had plans of going to college visited NC State my junior year uh, because I wanted to go into the hard sciences I actually wanted to do nuclear physics Um, but on my senior year I stopped getting interested at all in school Um, I you know had a full slate of honors and AP classes Uh, senior year after the first nine weeks I it was I was doing okay um, and in, in North Carolina, we have um, two nine-week segments, um, so you get a nine-week report card, which is like a mid a midterm grade. Um, mm-hmm. But I was doing okay, but I was sort of vast, like very rapidly losing interest in school um, due to a number of factors. And so, basically, after the first nine weeks, I stopped caring and did the minimal <laughs> amount of effort. Um, so much so that uh, in my honors. English class. Uh, the teacher there, she was a friend of my mother's. We're both Terry and I are from a small town. Um, she was friends with my mother's, and I just skipped the final because I'd done the math and figured out that I would pass um, by not taking the final.
0: No, uh, no. So, let's back up. At this point, you were already accepted into UNC, right?
1: No, no, no. I'm, I'm okay. getting it. Um I'm okay. sort of giving, giving backstory. Um, gotcha, gotcha. But you know, so I, I, I show up because I was working basically full time at that point. Um, you know, show up at home like six thirty seven. Um my, my mom asked, you know, how how'd your final go today? And I was like, eh, yeah, pretty good. Um <laughs> sort of lying through a mission of the fact that I didn't, didn't go and just like went to work and worked at a greenhouse. Um and she let me uh, called uh, and said you didn't show up and of course maybe a little smart ass kid uh responded with, Well, I can pass without it. Uh, we got into a back and forth. Apparently, there's a pro, like a proviso in the syllabus, which of course I didn't read, uh, which is like you have to take the final um, to to pass the class. Um, oh. So that was basically seems, what seems it was. unfair. <laughs> Details. It seems actually reasonable. <laughs> you should probably <laughs> have take a final exam. Um, but that sort of like color like, that, that gives a good vantage point of my approach to senior year. Um, I. Stopped going to class. Got kicked out of several AP classes for sort of lack of interest or um, not really following process. Like uh, there are certain AP classes you need to take uh, the honors the first semester and then the AP build on for the second semester. I decided just to show up. Um, so I got kicked out of. I, I was scheduled for four AP classes. I was kicked out of three or dropped from three. The one I couldn't get dropped from was an online class. Uh, which I just did very poorly on, um, and probably eh, my memory is I cheated through most of it because it was online <laughs> class, so the books are there uh, I can quickly <laughs> learn some stuff and and just answer the exams and and pass through there. Uh, but I applied, I was going to not apply. I was actually going to drop out of high school. Um, my mom convinced me otherwise by saying that if I dropped out of high school, that I would have to pay rent, and likewise I need to apply to college, at Shut least her to college. Um, otherwise, I'm going to have to pay rent. And I did the math and figured out that I didn't want to do that. So that's uh, why I did UNC on the last day, um, sort of furiously writing out some sort of uh, letter and, and you know, providing all the needed information. P- popped it in, into the mail at like 4.50 um, on a Wednesday or whenever uh, and, and got in, um, which annoyed a lot of the, the, the kids at my school. Um, because they applied and didn't get in, and they knew yep. what I really was, um, as opposed to the resume that I provided to UNC. Um it was entirely fair on their part. Um, yeah, you know, they're they're working hard trying trying to achieve things, and I am and entirely disinterested. Um, so I apply to UNC and I get in, um, and I'm okay. I'll get, I guess I'll go to UNC. I, my thought process was the same as Terry's, which was. Uh, can't afford a private school, got to be public. UNC is the best public school. Let's just go. Um, and I get in, and then at the end of the year, UNC sends me a, a letter saying, "So about that, that acceptance." <laughs> um, Wait, we, what? Uh, we assumed some level of of parity of of your resume, and you you literally just showed up to one class. Uh, to graduate senior year. I, I showed up at like 930, leave at 1120. Uh, and <laughs> that's it. Um, they were not pleased at all. So I had to show up. And uh, during that turmoil, my mother had, had sent me to a psychologist because she thought that I needed to get my head checked out.
0: Yeah, I don't know why she thought that.
1: Which definitely spot on. Um, but the the psychologist, he definitely liked me. So he, he penned a very nice letter uh, about how I was not you know, not being challenged and just growing disinterested, um, et cetera, et cetera. Probably true. Uh, probably true. I mean, I was a little smart ass, right? I, I remember arguing with him about whether I could get into the UNC. Uh, and his answer was, you know, what is your SAT? What's your GPA? You know, what are the sort of key metrics that most people judge acceptance on? And I was above average in all of those. Uh, yeah,
0: you're a smart fucker. And, and, and our school system was pretty terrible. So I, I think there's some credence there.
1: Oh, it it definitely is objectively true. Um, But at the time, I I remember arguing distinctly with him. Well, that's an average, half below, half half above. So I don't see why this guarantees I'm getting in, Uh, and him just giving me a look of like, you little smartass. You're too smart for your own good. Why don't you shut up and just like accept the fact that it's most probable you'd get in. Um, But but I eventually got in. You know, I had to sort of drive to Chapel Hill with my mother. Uh, and plead my case and got in, and the rest is history. And it was definitely uh, a great time. A lot of people that are hopefully friends for life and definitely friends so far. And um, I did have a good good history with the random draw of roommates. I got you, BJ. I uh, got a few other interesting folks. Howoo! Howoo. <laughs> one of our good friends. He was my freshman year roommate. Um, I did...
3: Cristiano, uh, who's getting married, The, the that that, uh, uh, that marriage in Oct- uh, December 8th is uh, one of your other roommates.
1: Yep. Um, although he wasn't random chance. We we sort of sussed each other yeah. out after our first year at Mangum, uh, whereas the other three years for me was entirely random. Uh, just um, by, by the way, side note, Spencer. Mm. Good looking out on getting North Campus dorm freshman year. Uh, it, both, it, both it was, seriously?
2: It was so random. I didn't even apply for it.
1: It was entirely random that I got it.
0: Yeah, we were in Hinton James. That shit blew.
1: For for folks that that don't know the ins and outs of dormitories at, at UNC, which is good a radio. Fair point. Um, so UNC has a fairly large campus. North campus is where all the the academic buildings are, our libraries. It's the sort of main hub of campus. South campus basically has the Dean Dome and and some dorms. Um, I think they developed a little bit more since then, but it's it's basically just students living there. Uh, both Sarah and I were at the sort of furthest dorm from main campus, uh, a 10-story dormitory, not all rooms have yeah. A.C. Um, it, it was a good experience. I, I, I wouldn't choose it again necessarily. Like, I wouldn't say for the next year I'm going to live in a, in, a, in a room without A.C. in the south. Um, but it was a good experience. But it was definitely, definitely envious of you, Spencer, having a, a North Dorm uh, for, for four years because, God, you know, rolling out of, out of bed in five minutes during classes. Can't be beaten.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure how I lucked out of that, but having the ability to go to class anywhere inside of five minutes, being able to go immediately to Lenore rather than Chase for breakfast on Saturdays. There were so many perks that I just got to run
3: off. Yeah. Yeah, Spencer yeah. has an un, like a, a love for UNC dining food that I just I don't really understand. Like it it admittedly is reasonably decent food, but but, man, Spencer, you love Lenore so much. Oh, I hated that shit. So
2: much so that I paid for, I think, about half of Mangum at various times to go and join me for breakfast or dinner or whatever else at Lenore as I was going. Oh, uh, you
3: curious. think dinner, but, like, we, we we spent, like, a good half semester convincing you that dinner was not at 5 p.m. You we, never succeeded and, on that one. <laughs> and we budged you to, like, 5.30 I didn't I think, want the lines.
1: I think we need to sort of take a step back here, Spencer. You really don't get credit for 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 paying for us, quote unquote, right? That was your parents who who bought you oh, the yeah. premium plan. There you uh, go. I like, eat like, like three meals a day. Um, you don't get to get, get outraged by that. Your parents are doing things. There's
2: no out. There's no outrage. They bought the premium plan, which was excessive beyond any reasonable means. So I had enough excess meals that I could pay for about two people to join me for dinner or lunch on this just already prepaid plan without any issue.
0: That's because, Spencer, that's because the premium plan assumed that you would actually eat at other places, not just the cafeteria. They were wrong.
2: They did not
1: know me with they- it. <laughs> <laughs> I ate a
0: lot of Chick fil A. I, I remember that.
1: Um, and. I mean, it, it was a wise investment by your parents, right? Because you definitely. Oh, like, yeah. Even to this day, there are times where I. I, well, I don't know about to this day, but I, I remember dealing with your mom, um, and your mom still, you know, asking whether you've. You, are you eating enough? Are you, are you getting fed? Um, so they're just loving parents. Um,
3: do, do I need I, I, to send him some uh, sandwich stuff? because you know you know we can buy some loaves of bread and and some deli meats, like we're, we're happy to even prep them for you, Spencer. Did you, I, we just I need, that you actually eat
2: I do not need an aid package, though I do appreciate your your concern. Levi, one of the things I found most touching was how much my parents immediately trusted you after they met you for the first time. It was extremely, extremely odd. My, my mom met you, and like informed my dad that Levi, Levi's the one among men we can really trust make sure Spencer keeps his head above water. So much so that when we all did that massive drive south to go to Florida for the, ver- for the very first time, my dad turned to me and said, you know, between Joey, BJ, and Levi, I really trust Levi. I think you should ride with him the entire drive south. It was just... Well, most- one of those three... <laughs> it was just the most interesting endorsement of which it took nothing for them to
1: just fully trust you with my safety and livelihood. It's it's very high praise. I don't know if it's warranted, but I really appreciate Mm-mm. the high praise from your parents. They're, they're, they're lovely a no. folks.
0: That would be enough. no.
1: Um, and while we're on the discussion of sort of coming to UNC, coming to Mangum, um, We'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that, that Terry never stayed in 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 MCG dormitory. And in fact, for many years, uh, would make fun of me for for staying in UNC dorms. He he was a cool kid that lived in in, in housing off off campus uh, because he didn't want to have RAs checking in on him and wanted to potentially consume substances that were against the law, either due to age or not um whoa
0: whoa 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 back up let's let's cut we're gonna cut that
2: so that conversations is passed you're fine
0: (laughs) i did live off campus i loved living off campus and i kept asking levi "Levi, why don't you come room with me i got a two-bedroom apartment and he would just he was like it was hilarious because i'd be like here's all the benefits and he would just look at me like i'm not remotely considering this and (laughs) now i get it because you know of course i know all you guys and and that I mean, that's cool. But at the time, I had no idea why the hell he wouldn't want to live off campus because we had complete freedom. We could do whatever we wanted to do. Um, He did eventually move in with me after he graduated. Okay, so BJ's laughing because Levi has a back scratcher that he's using furiously. Um, So I don't know if I was boring him or I don't know what was going on, but uh, the, the man had a back itch.
1: It's gotta be Scratch. Papa Bear needs to be
2: scratched.
1: Uh, <laughs> Lee, it was, it was
2: such—it was so interesting to see how, like, the two of us really established a friendship. Of where you visited all the time when we were in Mangum, but I don't even, we barely ever really talked. I mean, your my knowledge of you in Mangum was that you would show up and that we would make you play Halo for six hours. That was yeah. pretty much our exposure until I helped you move out. The year after I grad, no, the year I graduated.
3: <laughs> yeah, have you no, always you had were... somebody from Mangum help you move places? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really that's, that's the whole thing. that's my whole plan.
0: <laughs> that just friends with you for like uh, manual labor. No, Spencer. Like yeah, I remember that you were kind of a quiet cat, and um, I
4: sure. of course I was friends
0: with Levi and I knew how, and of course you know Doug was such an outsized personality that when I went I wanted to talk to him. Um, but yeah, dude, you, were, uh, you, you threw me a few solids, and, and that's how we kind of developed a relationship. And now we are best buds and the co-host of the GOT, Got Questions podcast.
2: It, it's fascinating to, like, to see with a friendship the exact moment you decided you want to be friends with me, of where we were trapped in the backseat of a car as we were moving you out of a house, and I just, bored and wanting to be, participate, just told the New York Mike story. And at the end of the story, you went, man. I should talk to you more.
0: That's true. We'll tell the New York Mike story later. Let's let's tease the audience. Um, but no, that's true. Uh, and then we had other like I remember we went to uh, Josh's bachelor party. I think in Myrtle Beach.
2: Yeah, we did. That was fun.
0: And I just peppered you with questions on the drive there and the drive back, and you gave oh, me oh
3: god, that that was the nuggets. best. <laughs> it, it, it was it was it was the most glorious thing. I feel like Lee, like we had hung out quite a bit more at that point, just because you grew up with Levi, and and Levi and I were roommates, and so like I knew you a little bit better, I guess, than Spencer. I I, I actually c- kind of didn't expect this, but um, we were all in the car together, and you're just like, huh. There, there's something that switches on in your brain, and, and you're just like, I can ask this person questions and basically force them to answer to my heart's content. For <laughs> three and, and so, a half hours. <laughs> so, so, so at this point in time, Lee was living in D.C., and Spencer was in uh, Spartanburg, Virginia. Uh, uh, Charles, he was in Charlottesville. Yeah, that, that's right, uh, UVA for law school. And so we were driving from the D.C. area down to North Carolina, and Lee, Lee knows that that I don't give a shit about most of my personal life, and I'll share details that he really doesn't want to know. And so he's like, huh, we have somebody else in the car, and we have uh, all the time in the world, and uh, – two of us don't have any shame, so we can entertain ourselves for the entire drive down because we're pretty sure that Spencer does have shame. And so we asked Spencer all kinds of invasive personal and other questions for for hours on end. And, uh, you know, by God, that was probably one of the best uh, multi-hour drives that I've had in in, in my life. I was driving, (laughs) right?
0: Yeah, you were driving, Spencer, and I remember uh, we didn't listen to podcast or music or nothing. It was just me and BJ. Uh, just hey, Spencer. Uh, so uh, how many times a week do you have sex? Hey, Spencer. Um, uh, how many sexual partners have you had? Hey, Spencer. Uh, have you ever had a venereal disease? Like we were just peppering you, and you gave us some nuggets. I'm not going to share all of these because we're going to put uh, put this pot out. But you gave us some nuggets to the point that when we got to uh, Myrtle Beach for the, and this like cottage or whatever that we would rented. I was so excited to just go in and tell everybody what i would learned about you.
1: <laughs> so for the listeners, I mean, I so I wasn't on this drive, so I can't share with that, but I can share and vouch for the the, the sheer joy and anticipation Terry had in his face. Like, I got these answers. Did you know this about Spencer? Did you know this about Z Like, he said the most insane things. He, he said that. What, what a, It, what it was of... gone,
3: So yeah, so so it was honestly like at least you know three, four, even maybe more hours of conversation of us being just like, Jesus Christ, did you know this about Spencer? Like, <laughs> like this is insane, right, guys? Like you know, I'm not the only one here that 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 thinks this is insane, right? Because well, there are only three of us in the car, so you know. of us saw something batshit insane. Uh, The rest of you guys, like, this isn't normal, right? Um, Because, uh, honestly, there were a lot of personal things that you very graciously shared, Spencer. And and I feel like we also reciprocated in most of the questions. But we had the most boring fucking answers in comparison to your – Spencer, I didn't know you were out in left field. That's interesting.
2: It was a hell of a drive down, too, because it was like horrible weather the entire drive. We had to pull over at moments because we had sideways in. But regardless yep. of the conditions that I'm driving south, the questions never stopped. Yep. And I, and I love how it colored every future drive I've ever had with you, late. Like I was driving another drive. I think it was for Joey's bachelor party of where uh, Will was in the back seat.
4: Yep.
2: And the moment you got in the car and the moment we started driving, like 10 minutes in, you open with, so Spencer, what do you think about audio porn? And I loved the gear and the headlights look that Will had as a normal person was now being caught for three and a half, for another four hours in this drive of just the questions are going to go and there's going to be no limitations on what they're going to be.
0: Yep. So yep. for our and, listeners. Go ahead, BJ.
3: I was going to say, there, there are some other people that are vaguely associated with Mangum and, you know, we bring them up. So Will, Will was uh basically a friend of a friend. And so he, he wasn't in the, the core main group that has had very in depth and detailed discussions about many wide varieties of topics. He was sort of uh a satellite Yeah. <laughs> and I just went
0: hard into personal questions and <laughs> what the hell? And he's not a guy who like you know, is predisposed to having those types of conversations. So I think I made him uh, very uncomfortable. But Spencer, you were game yet again. You, uh, I, answered, you
2: answered I, I was game yet again, and I felt really bad that I was also his ride back north. And so I could see on his face the dread about what that next four hours is going to be of where the, there was going to be no limitation of the questions go, uh, occurring once again.
0: Nope. If we, if we go on a, a road trip again, Spencer, you damn well bet. Oh, the questions I, are coming.
2: I fully expect it and look forward to it.
4: <laughs> oh, that's fun. So I, right, I think
3: he he joined us in uh, drunk football, right?
0: Drunk football. Spencer? Uh, yeah. so,
3: so at some point we got fairly drunk, and then we're like, well, you know, somebody is a football. Let's go play full contact football at like 11 o'clock <laughs> yeah. at night.
2: And yes, I remember this actually.
3: And it was like, you. Spencer, me, Josh, Will. Levi, were you there? I feel like you should have been.
1: I don't remember it, but but maybe. Um, (laughs) And by the way, his backstory about Will, um, he played rugby. Uh, He was um, from Australia originally, right? Um, Yes, you you wouldn't necessarily know it by looking at him. He, He doesn't have this sort of stereotypical image um, of that. But he, I I assume, I can only assume because my memory is fuzzy about um, a lot of things in Mangum, Um, but (laughs) I can only imagine he he held his own.
3: Yeah, it it was just an impressively fun time. And, and, you know, we basically went out for like an hour or something like that and, and played full contact football and had a lot of fun. And, you know, it was kind of dark and whatever, but there was enough light and then towards the end apparently the fields that we were on were relatively close to a residential neighborhood and they called the cops on us and <laughs> I remember, that. I remember that uh basically a patrol car came by and is like uh, guys um well you're not supposed to be here out here this late and you're you're making a lot of noise um, you know can you can you keep it quiet and you know maybe go home and we're like oh oh wait what we're on a college campus but like okay officer and and also pretty much everybody and i think even i I might have been at the time uh underage so or maybe not it was probably like later in the semester and so it's just like well yeah uh we had an interaction with with a a relatively nice policeman we'll we'll be on our way it is like midnight <laughs>
2: It, it, it was it was fun for me because uh, you know as you talked about with my ultimate frisbee experience I'd never been tackled before, and the, <laughs> what? the the first time someone actually tried to tackle me it was I think the wind that was coming off them as they charged at me just caused me to fold up like a pretzel and just roll out of the way.
3: <laughs> some well funny might have shit been me on these I just Had absolutely ne- like I didn't care like I would tackle anybody and and so obviously our listeners don't know, but I am very definitely the shortest of our friend group and probably anybody that we hung out with by at True. least a couple of inches. And I think Spencer's 5'11".
2: Uh, um, just a little over six, but it doesn't matter.
3: Okay, Ooh, six feet. Alpha. I don't know. Y- y'all are just tall. I don't fucking know. Because um, I'm about 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, five, and so, like, I-, I just don't give a shit. Like, I'll-, I'll go in and try and tackle anybody. And so, I, I probably, you know, tackled Spencer hard. And we probably, at that point in our college careers, weighed about the same amount, mm-hmm. um, and so so Spencer uh, folded up very quickly, right. given he was on. a lot more gangly at that point in life.
2: Yeah, I, I remember I, I remember the conversation of were you actually a little bit worried as I wasn't getting up after you hit me? <laughs> just like, yeah, uh, I- I'm okay, but uh, just keep playing for a minute. I'll join you in a second.
0: I just love Spencer that you got through elementary school and never got tackled. Like that's a hilarious, uh, maybe I'm on an Island here, but for you to be like, yeah, in college was the first time somebody tackled me. It's like, where the hell did you go to school?
2: I just think he in remember, the library. I remember, a lot. I, I remember, I remember B, uh, B, like B, uh, the look of BJ as he was charging me to tackle me, where there was even a moment of realization of where I'm about to be hit right now. What do I do with this?
0: <laughs> okay. All right, guys, are we ready? Spencer has dinner tonight. He's got to go at some point. We've got Fireball.
2: We ready Good to do it. Hey, you guys do your shots. I'm going to get my charging cable. My computer's about to die. Be right back. Be right back.
3: Good radio. All right. Fireball. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you have the old version, Lee, it looks like. Um, I, I was actually a little disappointed that, that I didn't see Fireball in, in smaller quantities. But apparently, one of my uh, lab mates really loves Fireball, and he's like, "Oh yeah, if you ever need a favor, like you can definitely pay me back with Fireball." So I'm gonna uh, donate this to a future favor from a lab mate.
0: Well, I mean, what's left? I mean, you're gonna you're gonna go ham into it now, I'm sure.
3: Uh, yeah, um, I've poured myself <laughs> a lot more than than uh, a taste, um, but and as I'm swirling around, probably less. Than half of what I'd normally pour from a whiskey, um, I might have a little bit more as uh, we are day drinking. But
1: and some but of yeah, numbers, um, uh, for yeah. Listeners, uh, just for reminder, he is in San Diego, so we're recording what <laughs> it is about 540,
3: about, 240.
1: Yeah, it's at two forty for him. He's having Fireball at two forty, which is <laughs> fantastic. Respect.
3: One of right, my uh, encouragements for this podcast was that uh, we don't start too late and, and, and everybody else is on the East Coast. They're so like, yeah, you know, if we're going to day drink, you know, maybe early afternoon. I was like, all right, guys. So early afternoon for you guys, you know, if you do like 1, 2 o'clock, I'm, I'm drinking fairly decent amounts of bourbon at like 10, 11 in the morning. That, that's just not <laughs> – I'm at a point in my life where I'm not prepared to do that on a semi-regular basis. So uh, let me push Fair a point. little bit further.
0: Fair point. All right, we have got the world famous fireball. BJ, what what is what are the notes?
3: Uh, <laughs> it, it smells exactly like a fireball candy. Honestly, you know that that's what it's bringing up in, in my head, or maybe um, Big Red. Oh, what's that that that? Uh, <laughs> True. Cinnamon gum. Big Red. Yeah, Big Red. It smells like Big Red it does okay let's do this all right well i'm going to open my uh yuzu green tea in preparation
0: i've got my my diet coat
1: a green tea chaser for fireball that's the first time that's ever happened (laughs) interesting mix mix of flavor groups
2: there
3: yeah it's not a great mix of flavor groups but it really does wash away the the taste honestly like i don't know it's not that bad Um, I think it would be a lot worse. It was a a closer to 40-plus percent whiskey. But they do a really good job of hiding pretty much everything that's whiskey about this and a lot of sugar and cinnamon flavoring. It's atrocious. I really (laughs) don't like it.
0: It's so sweet. Like, it's, ugh. I mean, yeah, I get why like college students drink it because it is smooth. But that's only because they put so much damn sugar in it. Oh, that's terrible.
3: It it reminds me of Goldschlager. Yeah. Same
0: kind of idea where they infuse so much sugar that it just goes down. Yeah, I guess.
3: It's like super thick. <laughs> it, it it's almost like um Soko and, and Goldschlager where it like coats just everything that it touches.
0: So Spencer doesn't have any fireball. Would do not. you guys be um, against a rule that when we uh, we pregame Chris's wedding, that Spencer just drinks Fireball exclusively?
3: Uh-huh. Um, I-, I think that there's there's a better way to uh, bridge this gap of Spencer not having had Fireball and at least one or two people having somewhat emptied Fireball, where you know when we get together the next time. Uh, and it's going to be at at Lee's house, that that he has a whiskey in his possession that that he's not really interested in drinking. And Spencer has transportation to a wedding where he can possibly sober up and, um, you know, doesn't even have to fly out that day. So we can make Lee not have a fireball in his house and Spencer uh, can experience what it is to have Fireball. Right.
0: So that was my point. Spencer, you're going to drink Fireball before Chris's wedding.
2: You know, I normally count on you guys for positive and good experiences, but I'm not hearing any positive or good reviews about Fireball right now.
0: You're going to
4: like it.
2: Have you ever had it? Uh, no, I've not. Uh, only thing I saw about it when looking at it on the wall was that it was a cinnamon whiskey, which nothing about that sounded good.
3: Wait a second. Let's you don't back like up. cinnamon up. So
2: wait
0: a second. I, I texted you. I said, hey, you need to get Fireball and a good whiskey. Here's some good whiskeys. You went to the liquor store. You got the good whiskey. You looked at the Fireball and then didn't get it.
2: I actually tried to call you to confirm that I needed to get both, but your damn phone always goes to voice message every single time I try to call you.
0: That's true. I,
3: don't, I, I, I text, my friend. So, so yeah, I Spencer. Could... There, there are text, There's GChat. There are two other people on this podcast that you could have confirmed with. Um, uh, it sounds I tried like you're were, correct you were...
2: communication. That
3: was at least something. Mm-mm. Spencer, I, 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 will, I, I to... will. I will purchase some. You know, maybe uh, a nice apple cider or something that you can mix with this, and so you can feel like you're experiencing like fall and maybe like a mulled cider. And, and and conjure up that that Game of Thrones feel while you finish the bottle.
0: No, strike everything BJ just said. Spencer, you're drinking it straight.
1: Straight shots.
0: Straight, no chaser.
1: As per yeah, our down. usual,
2: I'm accommodating enough that I will do what you guys want me to do. But come on, lead me to a <laughs> lead me to a good resolution here.
3: No, I think you're really gonna uh, like it, Spencer. I have a better, a good resolution for you, Spencer. What's that, BJ? Are, are you coming alone to this wedding?
2: No, uh, Br- uh, Bridget and I are both going.
3: Everything that Bridget doesn't, you, you, everything that you don't drink, Bridget can finish.
2: Whew, that'll be fun. Bridget yeah, has a tendency to drink some at weddings, so it will make for an interesting event.
4: Yeah,
0: perfect. I don't know about that one. Spencer, how much longer do we have you?
2: Uh, for right now, you've got me for at least through six, so you've got time.
0: What- okay, I have a topic I wanted to bring up. Please. Um, so, this is a weird question, uh, but if you had to get an exotic pet, what would it be?
4: Uh, I'll start. I understand,
0: a, I understand this is like a weird question, so I'll start. I've had a little time to think about it, obviously. But people who know me um, close know that I have a fascination with monkeys. Oh, Always yeah.
1: fascination so for terror? <coughs> Fear no, a
0: little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. But I would get a very small monkey. You know, one like that a, like Kapugan? if it wanted to – yeah, something like that. If you wanted to kill me, it would take a while, right? Not like a chimp. But I would get a very small monkey, and I would try to te- teach it sign language. Because I'm one of these idiots that thinks that monkeys can actually like learn sign language, which <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure they actually can't. But like I just want to believe that. So what I would do is I would have a very small monkey and I would try to teach it sign language every day. And that would be, that would be what I do. I would be the the monkey sign language guy.
2: I know about your love of monkeys. I have never once understood it because I could not be farther on the opposite of that spectrum. I would, I don't even like monkeys to be, I don't even like monkeys at the zoo, much less have owning one at my home.
0: So BJ talked earlier, he, he mentioned earlier that I lived in DC for a while. And i did and i didn't really know a lot of people when i moved up there and i would go to the dc zoo literally like twice a week and just sit in front of the orangutan and just try to be friends with it (laughs) i would just sit there and be like hey it's me again yep you're scratching i'm scratching too all right let's do it like i was trying to like mimic his behavior and shit (laughs) yeah so that's what i would do i would i would have a monkey so who wants to go next if you had to have an exotic pet what would
1: it be I'll go ahead and go um if i had to ha- have an exotic pet it's an easy answer and and you you all will will expect it but i ha- i have an otter otters are the most powerful creature yeah. in the world I could have called that one yeah, yeah that yeah, that's call. a
3: surprise yeah, um, so which brings up a, a really amusing uh text that i got from Levi um So I went to Japan earlier this year, and uh, they have animal cafes. And so at these animal cafes, you can interact with uh, random animals. They have a lot of hedgehog and and cat or or kitten or cat and puppy cafes. And so you, you interact with the animals. And I found one that had otters. And actually, one of my other good friends from graduate school goes, not quite as crazy about otters as Levi does um, but fairly crazy and basically I was like oh you know we should go to you know some of these animal cafes I think you'd like it and she was completely surprised she did not know that this was a thing that they would have otters and so we took a crap ton of pictures and videos of you know feeding the otters and playing with them and I sent these to Levi and I get no response. I was like, "All right, you know, whatever." I, you know, I, shocking. I, I I don't always expect a response from Levi when I send him things because he's not as um, he doesn't participate in that social contract of responding to things always. Nope. Um, and, and then, like a week later, in my mind, completely out of the blue, I just get, "You motherfucker," and that's it. No follow up. <laughs> just just <laughs> you motherfucker. And I don't think we talked at all for, for uh, you know, another couple of days or weeks at least. And, and, and then, you know, it just moved on from there. But that that was the only response that I got from him from all these uh, otter otter pictures and videos. Um, man, in terms of exotic pets. Um, wait, wait let's back up a about... second. But, BJ, BJ, before you give your answer, I just okay. want to
0: push back a little bit on Levi. Levi, you know if you had an otter, you'd have to have, like, Pond, yeah, and like there'd be a whole thing,
3: right? Dude, you you know he'd get like a big ass pond, and he'd hold hands with that otter, so they didn't drift apart, and they'd like take naps together. Okay, and, as long as he's willing to accept that.
1: Well, I fully understand that, and and, and by the way, this is coming from a guy uh, for the for the listeners. Um, Terry knows that I love otters, and and there have been various times where surely he's been bored at work. Um, and he'll find videos of otters attacking a monkey or something, and send it to me as though it, it somehow is going to dissuade me in my love of otters. Um,
0: I really didn't like that. I did not like that video. Those otters killed that monkey, Levi.
1: <laughs> oh, they they marked them hard. I mean, they. I didn't like that. It was, by the way, the monkey had it coming. I, I mean. Are
0: your otters going to kill my monkey? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to have backyard fights. You know, not, not, nothing too bad, but but you know, a little little <laughs> cut here and there, and they're gonna have to separate them, and, and Lee's gonna be like seriously stinging at this monkey, like you know, you know, find, for the rabbit find, punch, find. like do do something, and the monkey's just gonna like look at him and be like, what the fuck are you saying? This this asshole's like you know, biting the shit out of my leg. I never would have thought
0: some otters could kill a monkey, but damned if they didn't. And Levi, you uh, I, you didn't have the emotional response I ex- expected when I sent you that. But anyway, BJ, I cut you off. Sorry. You uh, have to have no, an exotic no, no. pet. What is it?
3: So I also find it funny that after, you know, 20-something, 30 years, that you expect Levi to have a, a an emotional response that, that you would expect of other people. Um, <laughs> now. So, I, I feel like m- my go-to would be like a Savannah cat, but I feel like that's not really exotic and that's you know, kind that of cheating. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, if I had to go more exotic than that, um, I, I think I would say a raccoon. Like, the, the Japanese raccoons that you just do, like, the funniest, like, weirdest shit? <laughs> not not like a raccoon that you've seen in your a backyard. A fucking raccoon? Like...
0: <laughs> I, got, I got a few, BJ. I'll, I'll just go grab one for you.
1: <laughs> BJ, you went with a raccoon. I mean, we have options like kangaroos.
3: Uh, <laughs> I don't want a kangaroo. They're assholes. They, they, they kick the shit out of everything. I mean, yeah, they're they're kind of cute, but, like if we're not going exotic cats and like I don't want a massive exotic cat my well, go to can... would be a, like a larger cat but past okay. that well
1: get a larger cat get a mountain lion get get a cheetah okay. get a, a lion those are, those oh, are yeah okay answers.
3: okay so so yeah i i'd get like a cheetah cheetahs are like the funniest the funniest cat cuz they're massive cats but they still meow
4: yeah. So they're not too. actually
3: considered large cats. Ooh, they 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 have a lot of the same things and um the San Diego Zoo actually pairs them with uh golden retrievers so they're like normally tempered. So yeah, that that'd be like the uh, the the funniest thing to have like a golden retriever and a a cheetah that just like play with each other in the backyard.
1: Side note, um uh, so you mentioned uh, cheetahs and and golden retrievers. That that brings to mind one of uh my girlfriend and I is like sort of favorite pastime. So we, you know, get into bed, uh, we do a crossword puzzle. Um, and, uh-huh. mainly, um, and then, and then she'll commonly ask, cause she doesn't like Reddit. She doesn't like the concept of Reddit, but she likes certain <laughs> subreddits. Um, so she'll say, bring up rare puppers, um, or, uh, a few other subreddits that Corgi. Yes.
0: Does she There's, do the Corgi one?
1: Yeah. The, um, Incognito, uh, yep, yep. subreddit. Yep. Um, but there it pretty regularly there there are, are sort of images or, or GIFs are of uh dogs interacting with large animals they shouldn't be interacting with, like playing around with bears or playing around with lions. Mm-hmm. Um sure. and she is just terrified when this is happening. I mean it, it it with with that subreddit you're not gonna see gore. Uh so it's perfectly acceptable. Uh but it always is terrifying to see a dog interacting with like a A sort of apex predator because the dog dog does not understand what could happen there. I've had
0: the same reaction because I don't know if you guys know about Coco the gorilla uh, Mm -hmm. recently dead, R.I.P. Um, And
3: and, and her kitten.
0: Yes, exactly. So Coco big massive gorilla uh, and got her a kitten Uh, and and it was fine but I'm watching this video and it's like 15 years later but I still think like that poor kitten she's going to crush her. A crusher. But no, she didn't. She uh, she cared for the kitten and then signed some stuff later, or at least people say she did.
1: Okay, so we've got a, got a big cat from BJ, maybe a cheetah. Um, Spencer, you've been awfully quiet here. If you uh, have to get an exotic pet. A uh,
2: cu- couple points. Uh, first of all, in pursuit of sending you pictures of otters, which for a period there was basically how I would reintroduce myself or say hi to you, was just to send you a random otter picture I found on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned that otter was a term in the gay community, because when you search for uh, pictures of otters <laughs> on Reddit, you will find things you don't expect when searching for cute animals.
1: Welcome to the Internet.
2: <laughs> did not know that. Um, also, uh, and, Lee, and,
3: and we also call Levi a bear, so it would make sense that he really likes otters. Hi <laughs> you?
0: Oh. oh shit! Levi just sent me a picture of a a damn dog with a cheetah. Uh, that was me. Oh yeah, that <laughs> that makes me very uncomfortable. Uh, Spencer, you got some for me?
2: Uh, Lee, did you ever hear the story of uh, when Robin Williams met Coco for the first time?
0: Of course I did. I'm a big Coco fan.
2: Uh, when <laughs> not uh, a Robin
3: Williams fan and <laughs> don't give a shit about him, <laughs> but a Coco
2: fan. <laughs> yep, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> At least, according to the trainer, the Coco requested that Rob Williams raise his shirt, and when he did, she reached out and grabbed him by the nipples and started to pull him back to her bed. Oh boy! Which I'm sure was
3: in his 2000 or 2002 special. Yeah, yeah, live on Broadway after 9/11. It was the 2002 special, yeah. Uh, Um, yeah. But. But yeah, the picture that, that I sent everybody else on this call other than, well, I sent it to Spencer, but he doesn't check his phone, so he will never get it. But um, right. I was at the San Diego uh, Zoo and they and so they're the ones that I was referencing that pair the uh, either Golden Labs or retrievers with um, cheetahs. And so they're they're walking both of them on leashes. And it was super cool because I was walking with my girlfriend, and they were basically like, "Uh, guys, like, you need to stay where you are um, because we're going to be, like, walking a cheetah right here. And I was like, "Uh, can I take pictures? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, no worries, but, like, you can't come any closer. And I was like, all right, well, fuck yeah. And so um, we got to see them basically – they both basically react the same to be on a leash. The cheetah gets treats as it gets walked, but – but yeah, it was it was super cool to see a cheetah not behind bars and and just sort of uh, wandering about.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to share this picture on the Mangum Talks Facebook page just so people know what we're looking at. But my question for all you guys, like, what is a what's a leash doing for a cheetah? Right? <laughs> like, is that really doing anything?
3: I mean, it's the same thing that's going to do for a large dog. Like, they're, they're, it's not like they're Stronger or whatever.
0: No, no, you're wrong. A, a large dog I can hold on a leash. If a cheetah wanted to get off a leash, like there's nothing I can do.
3: I mean, cheetahs aren't well, that heavy, really, are they? No, they're, they're not going to be that much heavier. What do you mean, like there's not like you can't do anything with a cheetah on a leash? Like, you know, if a large dog just like attacks you while it's on a leash, and you, the leash isn't going to do anything. It's just so it, like doesn't run away.
0: Yeah, I guess my point is, I just. Feel like I can control a dog and a cheetah. Like I don't know if a cheetah wanted to get off that leash, it's going to get off that leash.
2: Okay. Adult cheetahs weigh between forty-six and one hundred and fifty-nine pounds, so it does overlap with a lot of the dog world. All right. Well, here's the deal,
0: Uh, BJ. I'll I'll give you a a cheetah (laughs) on the leash, and I'll
3: take a Saint Bernard. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. All right, I, I, you know, as long as it's been socialized. Um, so Spencer,
2: Uh technically, here's a fun little tri- a trivia. Uh, from a veterinarian standpoint, I technically already owned an exotic pet.
3: Yeah, that that's bullshit. That's why I brought oh, yeah. up rabbits to begin with, so you wouldn't like do any of that shit. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I have made a joke away. about about like keeping veterinarians as pets because I've done that for like the past six or seven years, but you know. Actually, it, answer it, the question.
2: It does make it fun every time I go to the veterinarian where it's just me sitting there with a the rabbit in my lap and next to me is a guy with a massive boa constrictor or a bird of prey on the other side of me and just there with the rabbit. Because apparently all of those fall into same nexus of exotic pets. But if I had to get yeah, one as, that would, as be fine, that would as
3: actually... Long as long it's not a small bird and even those are sometimes considered exotics, is, You know, if it's not a cat or a dog, then it's an exotic. Pretty much, yeah.
2: But I would say there's a lot of varieties of, like, mountain rodent that I find really cute. So things like a, a pika or a chinchilla I find adorable and uh, could be a fun pet.
3: I had a chinchilla once. Really? they are weird because they take, like, dust baths. But <laughs> other do? than that... They're
2: adorable to watch.
3: Yep. I mean, you know it's I cute to watch. The, the other weird thing that I discovered about chinchillas is the females can projectile pee, which isn't that much fun.
1: Terry, was the the chinchilla the one that I that you released like a like a just a, a sick human being, or was that a, a guinea
0: pig? <laughs> that was a guinea pig. <laughs> pig. No, the chinchilla um, I had and um, it got like a some sort of like bowel obstruction, and ended up like one morning like its intestines were like sort of out of its body. It was like kind of bad, and I took it to a vet, and I was like, "Well, we have to put it down." But there were like all these like rules about how you have to put a chinchilla down because apparently like a lot of people like kill chinchillas and like create jackets I guess out of them. Um, so there was a whole process we had to go through. But I I had it for about six months.
3: That's impressive. That's not very long. That's that's sad. Yeah. They are know, he, cute,
0: I, yeah, I got him from a pet store, and I don't think he was really taken care of that well. Um, and I was younger. I I may have not been a great pet owner, but I tried. I mean, I, I liked the thing. He would sleep in my bed.
4: Hmm.
3: Yeah. Uh, a couple of my friends that, that I grew up with, um, they have, they raised, I don't know, four or five chinchillas and, and I would pet sit for them every so often and they'd gotten like a new, uh, a young female that, that had some issue when I was pet sitting and, and so she needed antibiotics twice a day and she did not like basically having a syringe shoved in her mouth and getting like antibiotics and so just would make all kinds of noises and, and was just very unhappy about it. And It's just like, all right, well, you know, I'm pet sitting, so, so I'm going to like do what I need to do, but it'd be so much easier to have like just an injectable, you know, just under the skin, you know, takes two seconds and just like toss them back in.
0: Right. So Spencer, um, you, we got you a gift certificate uh, to the melting pot. So should I send you a chinchilla?
2: Man, I'm getting a a lot of fun experiences out of this podcast, aren't I? Are you guys going to mail me one or is somebody going to show up at my door hand delivering it?
0: I don't think I can put it in a box. I mean, I think your
2: gloves
1: Can we can we give it to you at Chris's wedding, and you argue that it's your therapy chinchilla or whatever? <laughs> <laughs>
3: you bring it to the wedding? <laughs> I,
1: I've seen people with therapy
2: chickens on a plane. There appears to be no limit to what qualifies in that category. What?
3: Wait, have you therapy actually chicken. seen that, or was that just like a, a news story that you saw?
2: No, I actually saw somebody with a therapy chicken. It wasn't a rooster. It was actually uh, a therapy chicken awesome. they had in their lap. That.
0: that is ridiculous. I have chickens. I have nine chickens.
2: They – no. No. As a matter of fact,
0: having chickens makes me feel a lot better about eating chicken because now I know how dumb they are.
2: What have they done to you?
0: They're just stupid. I mean, they're, they're, there's no connection at all. Like, they're, they're not pets in any sense of the word. They're very, very stupid
2: animals. And this, which, which is interesting given that you essentially are running a foster home for chickens in terms of taking other chickens that people plan to kill and providing them a nice home for the rest of their lives.
0: It's because I'm a good person, Spencer.
2: Got gotcha. it. <laughs> I can <laughs> see you having a pig though, like a small pig. I I have, pigs could actually be kind of fun. I've never owned one, but I've had a few. I've had a neighbor that did. Uh, they could be pretty smart and pretty smart and fun. Yeah, it's oh, smart. Well, they
3: Well, they can sort of be smart. There was um, a client that that a friend of my girlfriend's had that brought in her top bellied pig, or I, I don't remember exactly what pig it was, but. Um, it, it went into intensive care because she had a relatively old apartment that had a radiator, and the pig wedged itself between the wall and the radiator for a long period of time, and basically the pig, the pig got cooked. Yeah, well, you know. it was still vaguely alive but oh, not by a lot. And so it was intensive care for, for days on end. And and like every day she would come in and like sleep on, like cuddle with the pig on the ground for hours on end. And they were trying to figure out what to do because this pig basically had gotten cooked and, and wasn't doing very well. Um, and they were trying to like, well, how do you talk to the client? How do you counsel them? And I was like, well, I don't know, maybe send her recipes for, like, maple glazes or something. She already, like, oh had it cooked. Like.
0: BJ, I'm cutting this. You didn't get the message. This is supposed to be a feel-good podcast.
4: You just told this
0: <laughs> fucking awful story. That we're, we're striking that. Cut it. Okay, starting new.
2: It's funny that BJ <laughs> mentions this. The, the one pig I did know from my neighbor uh, knocked over a lamp and burned down half of his house and died in the fire. So... <laughs>
0: There's an element of pig burning. I'm cutting that too. Damn it, Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Spencer, how much longer do you have?
2: Uh, Do you have another topic in mind?
0: Oh, I've always got more topics.
2: Uh, Let's go through one more topic, then I gotta go.
0: Okay, favorite movie franchise. I bring this up because I bring this up because Creed Two is going to be released next week. Uh, It's a continuation of the Rockies. Uh, Rocky movies, um, and uh, it's between that and Star Wars for me. It's like one A, one B.
1: So I'll go ahead and start this off. I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is my favorite franchise. Um, although Fast and the Furious is very good in terms of just <laughs> on. Yeah, uh, For those who don't know, so when my girlfriend uh, is away, she, she not a, not. A, unusually has um, Like trips to DC. So she'll, she'll fly for like a Thursday meeting uh, Work there Friday and then like see a, see a friend in DC on, on, a, on a Saturday come back on a Sunday um, The, the sort of thing that I tend to do is that I tend to binge through a series. So it, the series could be uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, fast fast and the Furious um, James Bond uh, Star Wars and I've, I've done this repeatedly when she goes away, that I'll just binge through movies um, and just watch them all back to back to back to back. Um, and the Marvel ones kind got to be the best to me. Um, I'm just not a Star Wars guy like you are, Terry.
0: Yeah, I do love Star Wars. Uh, Spencer. All right, all right, BJ. Sure one sec. <laughs> uh, BJ, yep, yeah. yep. BJ, you go ahead.
3: Yeah, I got gotcha. Uh I, I, I also do very much like the uh, – Marvel Universe. Um, I the the Star Wars universe is very tempting, um, but man, the the last handful of movies I just I just can't get behind. Um, and I would also consider going for Lord of the Rings, but yeah. it sort of depends on if you include the Hobbit in there because they just I mean they were fine, they um, were but though that trilogy was the original trilogy was really good. I, honestly, for both of those. Um so I don't know. It it it's a tough up for me. Um
0: Yeah. As VG was talking about uh the Hobbit series, I was making a uh gesture with my hands that it indicated that it was stretched out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Hobbit oh yeah. Was it, it, stretched it should not have
3: been a by, by any stretch of the imagination. Um as, and, as you would
2: expect would happen when you adapt
3: a relatively short novella into a th- entire three part trilogy.
0: With each movie being yeah, two and a half hours.
3: Kind of like uh, the Lord of the Rings series, uh, the book series, um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think the uh, the movie trilogy was, was a really good showing of what Lord of the Rings could have been um, as a book series, and, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed them, much more than the books.
0: So your final answer is the Marvel Universe?
3: Uh, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> why not Rocky? I, I, Come on. I mean, I thoroughly enjoy it. Like, uh, the, I like Robert Downey Jr. for whatever reason, as an actor, I don't even know why. Um, there, there's just something about his approach to characters and the characters that he plays and, and the humor and a lot of those characters that, that I really enjoy and thoroughly and really enjoyed in uh, a lot of the Avengers movies and, and Iron Man that, I don't know, it was a lot of fun. It was fun to watch.
1: That's because Iron Man is one of the greatest superhero movies in the history, history of time. Um, yeah.
0: like
1: Iron Man 1, Dark Knight. Um, yep,
0: there's a one on two. Another
1: one that I'm missing, but uh, those movies sort of seamlessly integrate some level of sort of levity with also darkness and sort of like real emotions that just is is rare yeah, to happen I, in that space. Mm-hmm.
3: I loved Iron Man One. The only literally the only complaint that I had about Iron Man One was I was waiting the entire damn movie for that one Black Sabbath song to play. And it finally played the play video end video? and I was Super happy, but like I was, I was waiting for it for the <laughs> entire movie. You,
2: you had a two-hour investment for about a six-second guitar riff there at the very end. It's a good. And I was very
3: guitar. happy once I got that guitar riff, but I just wanted it to happen, and it finally did. All right, Spencer.
2: Um. I actually don't like the Marvel Cinematic
1: Universe just due to the sheer amount of investment that's required to understand each oh, film now.
3: Agreed.
1: Spencer is a person who has read 50,000 pages of George R. R. Martin's writing. I, I just reject the premise, but continue. Wait
3: a second. Well, if he read 50,000 pages of George R. R. Martin writing, he would know a lot more about football by now.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's read a lot of wild cards. My knowledge about the Giants is pretty limited, but I feel like with any Marvel movie nowadays, like, I went, I went to see Black Panther, having not really seen a Marvel movie since Ant-Man. And they felt like I did not understand either the intro or the exit at all. And I had to have seen about 11 films in between to understand what they were even about.
1: We're going to have to discuss this in person, because that's insanity. Um, Black <laughs> Panther is very much a segmented movie. Uh, like, Sam, my girlfriend, she, uh, for the listeners at least, um, she, she loved Black Panther. She's not watched the Marvel movies. She's not... It, it,
2: Black Panther was perfectly fine
1: i I had the same complaints with it I have with most
2: Marvel films of where they seem to all follow about the same notes in terms of what story they want to tell.
3: Oh, yeah, did you think I, that it was a little bit fantastical or uh super natural in some way?
2: aren't they all <laughs> what?
3: Weird about, like what what complaint did you have against it? Like, you know, the hero's journey or, or, or something no, along I those mean, lines? Or... I
2: with Every Marvel film is that they really do disservice to their villains. I think the villains in all Marvel films kind of suck and fall under the same notes.
1: Which for me right. about that for Black Panther, is very odd because Michael B. Jordan's character there was was one of the better villains.
2: I thought Marco Girl wasn't it was an interesting enough villain. He essentially had the same father revenge stories that we see in other in other cases. Uh, and it's kind of like a joker burned down the like world in creed. Travel. But honestly I thought the one that was deserved was Andy Circus in that. I found him an interesting character and a villain that they kind of wrote off about forty percent of the way into the film.
1: Uh I, I do like him as a character, so I can respect that. Um, but I thought the Michael be Jordan character, he was One of the better villains. Um, He actually had some sort of emotional resonance, um, some motivation other than I just want to, you know, blow up stuff or I want power.
2: Um, I mean, his his end motivation was I want the entire world to burn because I'm in pain.
1: Yeah, and I can respect that.
2: Okay. In terms of other series, I mean, I feel like that for a lot of series that I'm very fond of, the recent editions have not improved my opinion of them. I love Star Wars, but the recent Wait a second.
0: Back up, since
2: Sorry, what?
0: I, I, me, and you have argued about the new Star Wars movies, so I was just telling you to
2: tread lightly. I was going to say the prequels, but even the new Star Wars films have had problems that we've talked about. Um, in terms of, uh, say, Lord of the Rings, I love the original trilogy and I love the books, but the Hobbit films were horrible.
3: Agreed. Uh, Spencer's trying to slowly segue into the Fifty Shades of Grey cinematic universe.
4: I'm not going
2: there. Um,
3: no, no, that's that's nonfiction for Spencer. <laughs>
2: No, the one I'm going to do, which is, again, in spite of the fact the most recent edition kind of sucked, was Indiana Jones, uh, where the first three films are great, a hell of a lot of fun, and are just a pleasure to watch whenever I see them. Uh, The fourth one sucks, sucks very badly, but the first three make for a remarkable uh, trilogy in their own right, so I'll offer them as as my personal choice.
1: It's, okay. Spencer, has so many good options you could have gone with. You could have gone with the Matrix trilogy because it was fantastic. No, um, it isn't. Whoa, whoa,
3: whoa. <laughs> Ooh, Just because the first one set a super high bar doesn't mean it drags the other two out of wherever they came from. You,
1: you understand you're talking to the person that has watched all three of them multiple times and multiple times with the director's commentary on. Uh, like, <laughs>
3: I feel like I should put forth the Men in Black trilogy just because the first movie oh. was so damn good and then oh, the, you know, the next two Men were acceptable. DJ,
0: just, just stop with that. Le- Leva, that begs the question. Why didn't you pick The Matrix?
1: Uh, because Marvel's just better. Um,
0: mm.
1: I There are things that I like about the second two movies, um, but they're not as good. They're not. As I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, I enjoy them. I appreciate them. But if I had to pick them independent of the first, I wouldn't. So um, we can't pick okay. them. Um, right. I would say a Dark Horse candidate to me um, is John Wick. Only has two so far, but John Wick is fantastic.
0: <laughs> oh, leave! I love you, man. John Wick and Fast and the
3: Furious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there, is, there is a type of movie that I like, and stupid action movies is is definitely amongst them.
3: Oh, The Incredibles or not The Incredibles, The Expendables.
1: I've not actually watched those, but I, I really, I can guarantee I enjoyed <laughs> them. It.
3: Yeah, it's not worth, it's
0: not like worth consideration in this conversation. Those are good movies, but
3: um. oh no no no, they're they're not worth consideration at all. I'm not I'm not suggesting as like you know the greatest you know cinematic universe choice, but. For for movies that Levi would like, if you like stupid action movies, way 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 up there. Agreed,
1: agreed. Um, that definitely is is of a piece of the type of t- types of movies that I appreciate. I thoroughly
3: I- appreciate that Harry Potter didn't even make it into discussion. Oh God, no!
0: This hmm. is the part of the podcast where my wife gets angry. <laughs> <laughs> she's listening to this at a future state, and she's going to get very mad. You said that, PJ.
1: Um, as a person who who whose entree into the Harry Potter universe was the movies, watching them with my girlfriend because she grew up reading them and loving them, and I wanted to you know, do something with her together. Um, I thought they were really good.
0: I agree, they I, are good.
3: I don't see what the what the shade.
0: Yeah, is. I, I um, yeah, I agree. I don't know why BJ threw shade there.
3: I'm, no, no, I'm not trying to throw shade. I just think it's funny that that didn't come up because I think so many people of our age and and things like or, and Amount that we've read in that genre that just didn't come up at all.
1: Yeah, because they're typically considered more sort of kiddie things. Um, But I would say that kudos to to the the sort of producers and sort of overarching development of that series of having um, same actors, having continuity. Like it it was, that's rare. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Um, Agreed. They did very good. Good picks with very young actors um, who mm-hmm. developed in, into being pretty, I mean, pretty solid. Um, they,
3: they chose surprisingly well for, you know, basically random choices on children doing a very good job throughout the uh, the series.
0: Well, they also kind of like my understanding is they had those actors on retainer and the kids they kept putting through acting school when they weren't shooting. So that kind of explains why they got better over time.
1: I'm just uh, saying that, that producers are the producers are the sort of Sam Prestes of the uh, Selecting Young Talent War. It's it's insane.
3: He <laughs> <You> just completely <laughs> lost Spencer and myself. But I'm uh,
1: sure that's uh, a basketball uh, reference.
0: GM of the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder.
1: I, I actually have a gotcha.
2: couple examples of a uh, series that I adore, just because of how the first two films of the series are the best of their respective genres. But every film after that is crap. Of where um, Aliens... Terminator? the Aliens and Terminator series, the first two films for each of those series are kind of the the best of their respective genre of action and horror kind of films. And -hmm. then everything after it is just not worth even watching. Yeah, Might might offer those examples of series I do adore, despite the fact I have to write off more than half of them at this point.
0: I don't think I've seen those movies. I don't think I've seen Aliens 1 or Terminator 1.
1: Aliens is is a very strong choice. Um, I would also say the Daniel Craig uh, run of Bond movies is absolutely fantastic.
4: Yep. Mm -hmm.
1: He is is one of the better Bonds um, of my memory. Um, I can't really get into sort of the old Sean Connery uh, versions of that. I just sort of like dark dark antiheroes. He's a fantastic Bond. Um, Hopefully, Idris Elba uh, is Bond next because that would be perfect.
3: Fingers Is he crossed. confirmed yet? They've been debating him for a while. That would make me so happy. Like, I think he would make an amazing bond.
0: We all do. I think they would
3: do him a disservice, like, in terms of, like, having the storyline just not catered to to him being bonded in the same way. But I think he would make a, a, a very solid bond.
0: Yeah, me too. Okay, guys, anything else you want to uh, discuss before we wrap up? I think Spencer's probably got to go. Um, something uh, trivial about his girlfriend's birthday. I
3: Nothing? think that's pretty much it for me. Um, I'm a little sad that, that we drank Fireball, but um, I'm gonna say, you know, I'm happy we didn't go for some 151 instead, since it is whiskey. Um, but but yeah, it was good. In, ter- in terms of yeah. our
2: high quality, in terms of our high quality whiskey of the day, it seems like we all had pretty positive reviews of what we tried. Yep.
0: Yeah, I did. Uh, I really liked the old Forrester Statesman. It was it was very tasty.
3: I mean, I, I, I guess sending each person out to to find whiskey that they liked, you know, is going to get good results for for those of us that know whiskey. And then and then the, the one that doesn't, it's like, oh, Lee, uh, what do you think I should have? Oh, yeah, that was that was pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's what I was going to point out is that Spencer didn't go get what he liked. He got what
2: I texted. him. I knew enough to ask you what to get. I I, I worked out what that best solution would be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Levi, anything more from you? I think we're good. Spencer.
2: Always a pleasure, everybody.
0: All right. This was fun. So if you've hung in with us this far, thank you. Check out our other Mangum Talks podcast. We have Mangum Reads with BJ and Spencer. We have Mangum Talks Hoops with myself and Levi. And then we have the G-O-T Got Questions podcast with Spencer and myself. You can get those podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher or at www.mangumtalks.com. And we love the feedback. So if you go to that website up the right-hand corner, click Contact Us and let us know what you think. Thanks for hanging in there with us. We'll talk to you next time. See ya.